Now, now that we're all calm and focused, I really don't want to wind you up, but this is actually Pastor Aaron's fault. Um, last night, Pastor Aaron um, showed me this video, or actually reminded me of this video of a sheep that he had seen, and he said, Emily, you need to show the girls this video. So there's no sound because it was in a different language, but um, I want to show you this little video clip, so... Just watch this for a second. This is how smart sheep are. So the sheep is stuck. This boy is going to pull it out. Just keep watching. Oh, yay, it's free, it's free, it's free. <laughs> Noah, Noah, is it possible to watch it one more time? Because I, I just like it. Okay, okay. It's almost free, it's almost free. Okay, okay, oh, yay, we're free, we're free! And boom. Hmm. Intelligent creatures, aren't they? Man. Ooh, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, now that we're totally, yeah. Anyway, it's a really good illustration of how we keep returning to our sin and we're not very smart and we need somebody to keep continually helping us, but that's, anyway. Um, welcome back. Happy Thursday. How many of you guys are very tired? How many of you have had more than one caffeinated beverage today? Okay, that's surprisingly low. I'm impressed. How many of you feel like you want more caffeine after this? Okay. All right, maybe, all right, awesome. Well, since Pastor Aaron already prayed for us, we're just going to dive right in. Tonight, what we're going to do is we are going to talk a little bit about some of the opposition or the opponents that we might face in our Christian walk. Now, when we're playing a game, we have people that we play against. Those are our opponents. When we're playing basketball, the other team, those are our opponents. After the game, usually we shake hands, we go on our merry way, we normally don't have a problem with them. Maybe there's a little rivalry but that's not always how it is in real life. Sometimes we have opponents that we have to deal with constantly. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. But who did I tell you I was going to tell you a little bit more about tonight? Do you remember? My niece and nephews. Now, I told you a little bit about them. I have one niece and three nephews. I have Aubrey who is five. I told you a lot about her last night. Um, I have Thomas, who is up here. He's three and a half, almost four, and he loves music, and so that is his big thing. Thomas has a little brother named Henry, and he is one and a half, almost two, and we call him Wreck-It Ralph. And there's a reason. Um, yeah. And then Aubrey's little brother, Brian, 
He is three as well, and he loves trucks, tractors. He will call me and sit just to say, Emmy, I have a big truck, and then hang up. That's it. Um, we, it's a lot of boys. Aubrey sometimes thinks, huh, I wish there was a girl cousin, you know, just things like that. But I absolutely love my niece and nephews. I did not realize that I could love in that way. I thought I loved little kids. I thought I loved my students. But this was a different type of love um, or involvement. When we go places, when we go out, when I get to watch them, when we hang out, I have this like protection instinct. I want to grab their hand and make sure that they're safe. When we're crossing streets, you know, we talk through, oh, we look both ways. And I also have this death grip on them because I don't want them to get hit by a car. I don't want them to get lost because we are very easily distracted by shiny things. You laugh, but it's true. I feel like I'm constantly on guard because I care so much about them that I don't want anything to happen to them. Each of them have something as well that I have to be very particularly careful of. Aubrey, even though she just got done with preschool, can read like a first grader. So I have to be very, very careful because unfortunately in this world, there are a lot of bad words and she can read them. So I have to occasionally say, oh, we're gonna look at that way and distract her. Brian, his big thing is asking why right now. And so if he hears someone say something that's not nice, he go, why did I say that? And he'll say it really loud, and then they'll look at him. You know, if someone said something like, well, that's dumb or that's stupid, he'll look right at him and say, why did I say that? And so they're trying to watch what he's saying. And then Thomas, he has some medical conditions, and so he we have to be careful about... Um, his health, and so trying to protect him from what um, is going on health-wise for him. And Henry, he has some allergies, so trying to protect him from that. And I feel like I'm very much on guard. But there is one kind of silly thing, well, kind of silly, that each one of these kids at some point was deathly afraid of that I somehow could not protect them from. How many of you like mascots? Yeah, okay. A lot of little kids do not like mascots because they have not developed the ability to tell the difference between what is real and what is pretend, what is fake and what's the truth. And so anytime we were out at a basketball game, at a football game, at a special event like Chick-fil-A where they had the big cow, if they came to see me at school, at ACA, and they had the eagle out, we would scream at the top of our lungs, and they would climb, and they would just cling to whoever they were by. Those mascots were terrifying. Were those mascots real? What was inside them? Right. But did they understand that? No. Because they could not understand the difference between what was fake 
and what was real. Now, there are not necessarily any mascots that are going to come up in John 10, but there are some fakes that were coming up. And so as we dig back into John 10, when, as we're looking back into Scripture, we have to put on what's called discernment. And Jesus was trying to help the disciples use their discernment. And discernment is being able to use good judgment about the things that were going on around them. Now, if you have your Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it back up to John chapter 10. We're going to be in John chapter 10 and a little bit in John chapter 9 actually tonight. So we're going to go back and forth just a little bit. I love hearing the pages turn. I absolutely love that. And do not be ashamed if you need help. If you are not sure where it is, ask. It is perfectly fine. All right. Now, in John chapter 10, there is a saying right away. It says, truly, truly. Okay. Hmm. Why? And then again, we see that those words in verse 7. It says, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly. Okay, does that just mean things are true? Jesus is having to explain something, and he is trying to get the disciples' attention. He's like, okay, this is for real. I need you to focus. They probably didn't use quite as much slang as us. Say, hey guys, focus, yo, pay attention. So he's saying, truly, truly, this is for real. Focus here. So he's getting their attention with that truly, truly. There had actually been a lot of false teachers or false shepherds. Remember how we talked about those shepherds also meant like leaders or those religious people who were trying to tell others what to do? There had been a lot of people who were in it for the attention, in it for what was benefiting them. And Jesus was trying to instruct the disciples and tell them, guys, no, truly, pay attention here. I am the good shepherd. I am the real good shepherd. Right here, come on. Jesus is saying, pay attention. I am the real deal. These fake shepherds, these false teachers that were just in it for what they wanted had been even doing things that went against what was helping the sheep, their people, all through the scriptures, even back to Ezekiel 34, which is in the Old Testament, it talks about how they were feeding themselves and neglecting their sheep. That means they were ignoring what the sheep needed. They were worried and taking care of what they were wearing, and the sheep were just going by the wayside. If you are being a good leader, who do you put first? You would put your followers first. And so Jesus is trying to help them understand, guys, I am the good shepherd. He also uses, I am the door of the sheep. He's saying, guys, I'm, I'm the one way to get to the sheep. I am the one way. I am the one good shepherd. 
He's trying to help them understand the differences. Jesus had to clarify and get their attention so that they could understand. Now, Jesus also had to explain this because something had happened in John chapter 9. So we've been talking about John chapter 10 and how he had told this and given the illustration about the good shepherd, the sheep, and everything. But I want you guys just to flip the page, some of you, or go to chapter 9. We're just going to read two verses in chapter 9. We're going to go to John chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, Rabbi is just another name for teacher, another name of God or Jesus, like we talked about last night. They said, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents that he was born blind? So what the disciples were asking were, was, okay, so this guy's blind. Is it because he sinned or was it because his parents sinned? Some of that false shepherding, that false teaching that they had been hearing and it had been passed down even to the disciples was that, oh, if there's something wrong with you or if you're poor or you're sick, it's because you're a sinner. Only People who are godly are healthy. Only people who are godly are the wealthy leaders. So this blind man obviously was a sinner. And even the disciples were asking that. So Jesus had to set them straight and say, um, no, 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 no. In the next verse, in verse 3, Jesus answered and said, It was not that the man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Throughout the chapter, he's working with the disciples and explaining, sometimes we work through situations so that God can be glorified. Then in the next chapter, we get into this John 10, where he's saying, Hey guys, you need to stop listening to all of this extra stuff. Now, let me set that down for a second here. When we go back to John chapter 10, Jesus uses a couple words to describe some of those threats against the sheep, against his flock. He uses things like thieves, robbers, wolves. When you think of those, do you think, ooh, good influences, or ooh, stay away from those? You think, oh, yeah, you're right. Probably not the best to have around. So John 10 was introducing these characters. Jesus was using them to describe those false teachers. He was saying, they're like thieves and robbers. They're not the good. They're trying to steal the sheep instead of help them coming the right way like a shepherd It's the opposite. They're there for destruction. Even in John, back in John verse, or John chapter 10, verse 8, it says, all who came before me, so he's talking about those previous religious leaders, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. So he's saying, all those other ones, not great. Now, 
One of the things that Jesus has mentioned and uses a lot in John chapter 10 is something called a sheepfold. Now, a sheepfold kind of looks like this. This is one example of a sheepfold. And a sheepfold is a pen or a shelter to contain and protect the animals at night. So shepherds along the way, they would be like wandering with these herds. They would be moving them around trying to find patches of grass to feed them. And so they would set up some rocks to kind of contain them at night. They didn't have a best western. They didn't have a lot of barns that they could check into and put the sheep in. They stayed outside. Then they would either use this or sometimes they might find a cave and they would kind of block part of the entryway. Now, do you guys see where there's this opening? Where's the gate? Do you see a gate? How do the sheep stay in? Our sheep like to wander. What do you think? You think the shepherd sleeps in the opening? You're right. Jesus uses this example and explains how the sheep would be put in and the shepherd themselves would actually position in the doorway and they would sleep in the doorway. If a shepherd is in the doorway and the sheep are on that side, everything else is going to stay on the other side. If the shepherd is in the doorway and someone tries to get in a different way, we're going to know, hmm, it's probably not the real shepherd. And Jesus uses that illustration with the disciples because they can picture that in their head. They're like, oh yeah, we know that the shepherds, they only go through the main gate. So if it's someone climbing over the edge, trying to get in, that's a thief, it's a robber. So he used that illustration with the disciples to help them understand. If it's someone trying to get to the sheep, it would be like that. They also, Jesus also in verse 12 used the example of a hired hand. Somebody that they would just hire to kind of watch the sheep. But do you know what the problem with that is? They probably didn't care about the sheep as much as a shepherd. So if a wolf came, you think they'd stick around? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So um, we need to get going because it is already 8.07. How is it 8.07 already? Um, all right. So there are actually two purposes for our sheepfold. One, to keep the sheep in, and two, to keep predators out. The same way, um, I'm going to pause for a second and let you guys write that down, because I remembered that was one of those blanks. This protected them from the animals, and in the morning, when the shepherd came to the gate, the, shep the other shepherds maybe that were sleeping off under a tree came to the gate. The sheep knew them by their voice. You remember how Tinley was up here yesterday and she knew my voice after she had been on my shoulders. A shepherd could come to the gate of the sheepfold and say, sheep, come here. And all of the sheep from their flock would come. 
So if another person, a thief or a robber came, came a different way, they would not follow that person. If they came to a different way, they would know that that is the wrong influence. Now, yesterday we looked at what the good shepherd was. We looked at how a good shepherd is. I just want to show you a few examples of what the opposite, what a false one is. And we do not have time to go through every single one of these. And I know I left space for you to write these down. But just, just so you understand, the scripture goes through examples of how false leaders and false shepherds do what is best for them. They focus on um, worldly things. They use their own opinion. They will not look for God's word first. They will not seek to please God above themselves. They won't even admit when they're wrong, and these verses go along with those. These are some very clear ways to identify those fake leaders. Now, these are great, and that's awesome, but do you guys have Pharisees or Sadducees or these Jewish religious leaders and false teachers, like in the Bible, walking around with you? Do you guys have a Pharisee in your neighborhood? Anybody? No? Do you have any Sadducees or anything like that? No? No? Okay. So there are nothing to worry about? What about you? Okay. Okay, so we might have some uh, false, some, yeah, some false information. You're exactly right. Well, I know that you did not get all this written down. I can go back to it later, but we're going to move on for just a minute. Hold on. We might not have the same as they did back in the Bible times, but can you think of anyone who you may listen to that might give you bad or unreliable information? Is there anybody in your life that, you're, that you get information from? Just turn, tell the person next to you two people that you get information from. All right, come back up this way. Now, I just wrote down a bunch up here. I put bad teachers, but I just meant like bad influences, like uh, teachers that are like leaders that are going wrong. Internet, YouTubers, friends, family, media. Are any of these necessarily wrong or bad? Are they or should they be your ultimate source of information? And should you trust them wholeheartedly all the time? Okay. Remember that word we talked about earlier, discernment? Can you guys say that with me? Discernment. Now, we need to learn how to not take everything at 100%. We need to learn how to fact check. We need to learn how to check it against God's word to see if it's correct. Because did you guys know that people make mistakes? 
Have you ever made a mistake? I have never made a mistake ever in my life. I appreciate you guys' encouragement. You, you're very, very great. No, I'm going to actually show you guys an example of a mistake. There, um, there are people who do something called counterfeiting. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of counterfeiting. Okay. For those of you who have not, counterfeiting is making fake money to try and steal from the government or other people. So if I make counterfeit money, I'm going to make it look as real as possible because then I didn't have to actually make actual money working or anything. I'm just printing it out and then voila, I have extra like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So I'm cheating the system. I'm stealing in a sense. Now there's actually a department in the government that studies and figures that out to try and help that. And they go through lots of processes. I'm going to let you see if you can figure out. I have two bills up here. One is counterfeit. Which one do you think is counterfeit? You can talk with the person next to you. Which one do you think is the counterfeit? All right. Raise your hand if you think it is the top one. Raise your hand if you think it is the bottom one. Okay. I'm not going to tell you yet. Um, when the government officials, that department, that studies and works to stop counterfeiting, when they are working... Do you think that they sit and look at the counterfeit money to know what the new processes are? They actually don't. They study what is true. They go through and they memorize what is real. They look at what they know to be the original, the real money that is their set standard to go against. They don't look at the fake. They don't try to learn what is false until the very, very end of their training. Now, when we look at this, the bottom one is the fake. They have different standards that they go through. They look for a watermark. There is ink that they use. There is printing. Um, there is a serial number. This one, if you can't even tell, but it is a colored ink that is different. You see this? Yeah. The point of this is the people that work at this, they don't need to know the bad if they know what is right. Those that work in this department they can look at these and they'll be able to say, oh, that's the right one. They don't sit and say, ooh, that one looks bad. They just know, oh, that one's right. Now, just like the counterfeit experts, we need to be able to be experts on discerning truth and guarding against the thieves and robbers in our own lives.
Guys, there's going to be information thrown at you in your life that is untrue. Even by people that you think should know the difference between right and wrong. We can't just assume that everything that we hear and see is right. Even things, I hate to break it to you, things like school might tell you things that might not be right. Disney might tell you things that might not be right. The news might tell you things that might not be right. We can't just assume everything we hear and see is right. There are people who decide that a little bit of compromise, a little bit of sin is okay, and then it creeps into what they tell us. And if we don't guard against that, we become okay with it. And then that goes against who God is. We really have to guard against that. God's word tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 17, 17 says that his word is truth. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, Your word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119 tells us that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. I would love to spend more time on this, but guys, I would really, really encourage you to be thinking about those influences that we have in our life. Those thieves and those robbers that are trying to get into the sheepfold, that are trying to impact us. Are we memorizing scripture? Are we spending time in God's word so we know what is true so that when those false information come up, so that when those fake facts or when those little pieces start showing up, we know the difference between what's right and wrong. Are you guarding your heart? Are you guarding against... There we go. Are you guarding against those false teachers? I really want to challenge you to think about who you're listening to. Like I said, is there anything wrong with listening to your mom and dad? Is there anything wrong with listening to your teachers? But who should you go to as your first and most important? God and his word. My challenge for you tonight is to really stop and think. Where are you going for your information? Are you looking to the one true shepherd? Remember Jesus said, hey, truly, truly, I am the one that laid my life down. I am the one who's here protecting you. I am the one that you hear my voice. I'm, I'm, I'm the one. Are you looking to that one true shepherd? And are you hiding God's word in your heart to help you when those situations come up? I challenge you to think through those things. If those things are not that important to you, I would really strongly encourage you to reevaluate that because if you are not working on memorizing scripture, if you are not caring about what is going into your ears and into your mind, you're going to have more and more struggles as life goes on and you're going to compromise more and more and 
God's opinion is going to be less and less. I just want to challenge you to think about if you are truly looking to the good shepherd for your information. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Our time seems to go so fast, and there's just so much um, that we can learn from your word. Um, Lord, just help us to remember all that you have done for us. Help us to just um, look to you for guidance, look to you for our information, and just allow these girls to be hiding your word in their hearts. Um, Help their counselors just to have wisdom as they talk through some of these things and just give them safety in this evening. In your name I pray, amen.